Praise the Lord. Um, we bless God for today. Um, I'd like to say a big thank you to uh, Pastor Farah and Pastor Busi for and the leadership of the church for giving me the opportunity, for giving us the opportunity to minister to the church today. Um, bless God for how far he has brought us. I would also like to say a big thank you to my father in the Lord. He's in Ghana. Mr. Philemon Seisifa for the nurturing and for helping me come this far in my Christian faith. Amen. 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 Alright, so today um, I've titled the message The Deposit of Fellowship. Amen. Amen. The Deposit of Fellowship. Now, over the past weeks we've been hearing about fellowship with God, going deeper with God. And I want us to know that anytime we come to God in fellowship, there is a deposit that God places in us. There's a deposit that God puts in us anytime we come to Him in fellowship. I'm going to start from a point and we'll get there. Amen. Please go with me. Let's go to John. 13 verse 23 John 13 verse 23 So when God created man in the beginning God wanted to have fellowship with man but along the line man lost the fellowship with God uh, through disobedience but God wanted to bring man back to himself so he brought Jesus Christ to bridge the gap between him and us so the Bible says that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So when we come to Jesus Christ, we get the opportunity to go to the Father. Now, there were a lot of people around Jesus when he came to earth. A lot of people around him. John 13.23 says that one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Or in some versions it says that uh, he was sleeping in Jesus' lap. It's talking about John. The disciple. So, among all the people who were around Jesus Christ, he chose out of them 70 to be his disciples because at the time, Jesus Christ sent out the 70 to send forth the word. But out of the 70, he had 12 disciples. Amen. Amen. The number is getting smaller. He had 70. He had the crowd. And in the crowd, he had 70. In 70, he had 12. Now, we know that when Jesus Christ went to the Garden of... No, when he went up the mountain, where he was transfigured, he says that he took three of the disciples with him out of the 12. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. So, from the crowd to 70 to 12, now to three. Right. It is showing you the level of closeness of these people to God, to Jesus Christ. Now, this verse is telling us that one of them, one of the disciples, out of the three, there was one whom Jesus loved, who was reclining next to him, or who was lying in Jesus' lap. In our fellowship with God, we don't need to be in the crowd. We need to move from being in the crowd 
to the place where we can recline in the bosom of Jesus. Amen. We need to move from where it is everyone to where it is only us. And that's where John was. John moved from the crowd to the 70, to the 12, to the 3. And he became the one whom Jesus loved, who was lying in the bosom of Jesus. Hallelujah. So when we come to Jesus, after our relationship has been restored with him, when we come to Jesus to get back to God, we may be part of a crowd, but we need to strive that we'll move from being in the crowd to be the ones who rest in the bosom of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, going back to the beginning, Genesis 3, verse 7 to 10. It talks about Adam being in fellowship with God. The Bible says that when God created man, okay, the Bible didn't say it literally, but we know that he used to come to man in the garden and they used to fellowship. So, it got to a time, God came to the garden. Um, okay, Genesis 3, 7 to 10. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So God used to come to Adam and Eve in the garden to fellowship with them in the cool of the day. One day, God came, and there are regular spots which they always meet at. God came there, and Adam was not there. So God had to look for Adam. Adam, where are you? And Adam said he had hidden from God because he realized that he was naked. When we come to God in our fellowship with God, one key thing is nakedness. Now, last week in Feast of Grace, the man of God mentioned this, that in going deeper with God, we need to be naked. Now, when we come to God, nakedness is key. But the moment you realize that you are naked and you seek for covering for yourself, then there's something wrong with your relationship with God. Mm. When we come to God, we must be naked. We must come just as we are. Yes. Just as we are, plain before God. It is true that God knows everything. He's omniscient. He knows everything. But we must still open up ourselves to God to have fellowship with Him. So, when Adam and Eve realized that they were naked, they decided to look for things to cover themselves. When we come to God in fellowship, we don't need to cover ourselves. When you seek for covering in your relationship with God, then there's something wrong with your relationship with Him. Because anytime we come to God, we must come naked, just as we are. Amen. Now, the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. And now koinonia, when you take the literal meaning, means intercourse. Okay, intercourse. What happens between a man and his wife when they are married? Alright? Now, no one knows the wife or the husband 
of the person. No one knows. No one knows Pastor Gusi more than Pastor Farai. Yes. And no one knows Pastor Farai more than Pastor Gusi. Because they are together in fellowship. They are open to each other. They know the secrets of each other. Now the Bible says in Psalms that the secrets of the Lord are made, are made known to those who fear Him. God, who created us, He also has secrets. Maybe you don't know. God has secrets. But it says that the secrets of the Lord are revealed to those who fear Him. Hallelujah. And so when we come to fellowship with God, we need to come naked. That He will reveal His secrets to us. Now, we are going on. When we experience God, we realize that we never get satisfied in experiencing God. We never get satisfied in experiencing God. That is why we know um, there's this thing called a mirage. Okay? A mirage. It's like when you are moving on the street, when it's sunny. I don't know whether it happens in Europe, but in Africa it happens a lot. <laughs> when it is sunny, and you're moving on the road, it's like you see a patch of water ahead of you. The car keeps moving, and you never meet water, but you still see that patch, okay? It says that, as the deer panted for the water brooks, so my soul pants after you. And this thing is, is significant of uh, animals in the forest, okay? This deer, as it pants for water, sometimes it can see the mirage and think that it is water. It runs after it, and when it gets there, there's no water. He sees the mirage again. He's never satisfied until it gets to the water. Right. Hallelujah. Yeah. So when we come to fellowship with God, we should never get satisfied. God should be like a mirage to us. Yeah. When we see him and we think we've reached there, no, we want more of God. All right. That is why Paul, even after all that he knew, he said that, that I may know him. <laughs> even after Moses had seen God in different ways, Moses said that, Lord, I want to see your glory. These people were never satisfied with God because they knew the essence of fellowshipping with God. They knew what it meant to go into fellowship with God. They knew the, the benefits they received from fellowshipping with God. Hallelujah. Now, as I said, when we come to God in fellowship, He deposits something into us. And you can't give to someone what you don't have. If I don't have something, I, I can promise you 10,000 euros. But because I don't have it, you will never get it. <laughs> because I don't have it. But if I have something, I can pick from what I have and give to you. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Now we are talking about this same disciple who was lying in the bosom of Jesus. Who knew Jesus to a certain level. Who was the closest to Jesus? He's the one saying this. First John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This proclaim concerning, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Yeah. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. All right. And our fellowship 
is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. All right. John, John, the one who was reclining in the bosom of Jesus, said that that which was from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have heard, which we have handled with our own hands. Yeah. This showed you the level of intimacy that John had with Jesus Christ. Right. So John couldn't give, he says that, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. If John hadn't seen, if John hadn't heard, you have nothing to give out. All right. Because he says that, so we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. Amen. And our fellowship is with the Father. Amen. So until we receive from God, we cannot give out. But what do we receive from God? We receive from God a deposit. And that deposit only comes by having intimate fellowship with God. Alright. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, anytime a man and his wife come together to have koinonia, there's a deposit of the man into the woman. Hallelujah. There's a deposit of the man into the woman. And this deposit grows as a seed. And it becomes what? A baby. Which is born. Anytime a baby is born, there is joy. Not seeing any... Okay, unless those who didn't want the baby. But anytime a baby is born, there is joy. Even if the baby didn't come in the right means. Illegitimate means. When the baby is born, there is still joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyone who is born is a solution to an issue in the world. Hallelujah. That is the same way any deposit that God places in us in fellowship with Him, when this deposit matures and comes out, it is to solve an issue in the house of God. It is to solve an issue in the church of God. And so, this deposit that God places in us needs to be nurtured. Yes. You see how people really take care of pregnant women? Like, they, they don't even want them to, like, they want to carry them. So, when they want to sit down, they say, sit down, calmly. Don't go too fast. <laughs> when the woman even doesn't feel like eating, the man will buy food for her. Just eat, eat, so that the baby will grow big. You see? Because... He knows the value of that thing inside the woman. That is the same way God knows the value of what he places in us. But at times, it happens that because of our carelessness, because of our laziness, the baby never materializes. There are many people in the house of God that God has deposited into them, but the result has never appeared. The result of the deposit of God in them has never come out. Because we've been lazy. We've been careless with the deposit that God has placed in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, 
and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. The same thing is in Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. This is talking about Jesus Christ, okay? It's talking about Jesus Christ before he came. In Luke, it was Jesus Christ who was talking. And this is the prophecy about Jesus Christ, what he was coming to do. Okay, Jesus Christ was a seed that was planted into Mary by the Holy Spirit. And when that seed materialized, this is what he was, he was coming to do. He said that he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. This is what the seed that the Holy Spirit had deposited in Mary was to come and do. And we saw it evident in the life of Jesus Christ. Now it is up to us that we, those who have received of the deposit through fellowship, we are to produce a result that will bring a benefit to the church. Today, the church of God is facing a lot of issues. A lot of things are going on that are not in the initial purpose of God for the church. But the solution to all those issues is residing in us. The solution to all those problems is sitting in each and every one of us. God has placed a deposit in you which you need to nurture, which you need to grow. When a seed is placed in the soil, it needs to be watered. There, there has to be manure around it. So that when the seed, that one seed, grows up, it produces fruit that is of benefit to a lot of people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have come to God. And God has placed a seed in us. Now those who know a little bit of our grade know there's something called the dormant stage of the seed. That is where the seed which has been planted doesn't bring out any... Uh, you don't see the seed coming out of the soil. It's dormant under the soil. But after a while, when the, 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 the time of dormancy is over, the seed sprouts out of the soil. And then it grows into a tree. Hallelujah. Many Christians have been dormant. Many people have been dormant. Despite all that God has placed into them, they have been dormant. But today, we thank God for this word. We thank God for a reminder that we need to wake up. We need to stand up and bring out everything that God has placed into us. Now, how do we bring out what God has placed into us? It is still by fellowship. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. As Christians, we can never run away from fellowship. By fellowship, we bring out everything that God has placed into us. We nurture the seeds that God has placed into us. We nurture every deposit that God has placed into us, and it brings out a result that is going to benefit the church. Hallelujah. Amen. I've ended my sermon. Hallelujah. But before we go, 
I want us to spend some time in fellowshipping with God. One thing my father told me is that most of the time, as Christians, we come to the house of God and hear the word, and we go back and nothing happens. But we need to start practicalizing the things that we hear. So we've heard about fellowship, we've heard about going deeper with God, and I don't know what you are doing on your own, but I know that together, when we come together, we can do something. Hallelujah. So let's rise up on our feet as we go into a time of worship, to fellowship with God, to spend time with God. And I know that by the end of the service today, there are some seeds in you which have been dormant for a while. But by the end of the service, they are going to rise up. They are going to come up. And they are going to bring a fruit that will bring benefits to the whole world. Hallelujah. Let's begin to pray.